Welcome to another edition of the Green Bridge Fantasy Spot. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And we are finalizing our a little walk through the um, the different positions that you can find usually in fantasy leagues. And today we have the, the big boys, the ones that usually make or break your team. Today we are looking at wide receivers and running backs. Now, before we get into that, as always, we are reminding you that we still have the show Fantasy League, the Green Beige uh, Fantasy League, and we were looking for 10 players. We have nine of them. We are missing one more person. So if you want to be a part of the show league at the time of this taping, we have one more spot. So reach out, let us know as quickly as possible because the plan is we are drafting on Saturday night. We're going to have our team picked this Saturday. So we'll have, uh, we'll tell you guys more about that next week as we then also look ahead and start planning as to who you should target, who should start, who should sit for the first week of fantasy. Now, AJ, how are you doing, my brother? I'm good, I'm, bro. I'm excited. I love, I love it when fantasy time comes around. As, as you know, I was supposed to have a draft right before uh, the, the recording of this, but that didn't work out. But at the time this airs, I should have been through. Yeah, that draft has been rescheduled, so, so I should be through at least one. I love it when draft comes around. The first one is usually very bad. Need to get all the jitters <laughs> out of the system. <laughs> this is a completely new league that I'm in this year. So excited, just excited. It's a new platform. I've never done Yahoo. Have you ever done a, a drop on? No, I've never actually played on Yahoo. I've only yeah. done ESPN and NFL. So this is, I'm on Yahoo this year for the first time. That drop has been rescheduled to tomorrow. So I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. You have to let me know like what, how it looks and, and their um, scoring and, and everything. That, that sounds exciting. And interesting. So this week, AJ, we are talking wide receivers. And as for those who have been with us from the beginning, you know that what we like to do is that we like to look back to look forward. And when we're looking back, we're looking at those players who were the top points getters for last mm -hmm. season. And then we're going to consider whether or not we believe that those players are going to continue being in the top five who potentially falls out, who climbs into the top five. Mm -hmm. And for reference, now this is taken from the Fantasy Pros website. That's who we've been looking at to get our points scoring from. They use standard scoring. So if you're in a PPR league, points per reception, where you get additional points for every catch that is made, then your points will be a lot higher than this. But Devontae Adams was the king of wide receivers in 2020. And then Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, and DK Metcalf. Those were our top five. The distance between one and two was literally one and a half points. And then there was a 40-point drop-off to Diggs at number three, 10 points to Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf at number five. Now, AJ, when you look at these top five, who do you believe has the biggest, um, who has the biggest threat 
to fall out of the top five? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, to be quite honest. And, and that has a You would think that with Julio Jones moving on that I would be a bit higher on Calvin Ridley, but, but I'm actually already high on Kyle Pitts. And I think I've said this in a previous, in one of the previous weeks. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Pitts is going to take some of those receptions off of Calvin Ridley. Um, and t- t- I, I like Calvin Ridley was, was um, a, a benefactor of that same effect that I was speaking on in, in our other podcast, um, in the Green Bay podcast, with just with regards to him being the, the, the B or number two to Julio Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Julio is not there, so he's not the number one receiver. He's going to draw that coverage. And I think Kyle Pitts, as the rookie, is going to be the one to benefit from that. I think that hits Calvin Ridley's numbers a bit more. Um, the two just on the outside of that five, the Minnesota, the Minnesota Twins. You see what I did there? Um, uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Between the two, I think Justin Jefferson could be a bit high this year. But AJ Brown was just also on the outside um, in uh, number nine. He has the potential to be a bit higher. Um, Calvin Ridley, to me, is going to drop out of this top five next season, though. Okay, that, that is an interesting choice. I, your, your points are solid where Ridley is concerned. I, honestly, he was not the name that jumped out to me when I looked mm. at this top five. I actually believe that Stefan Diggs was the one that I was going to sacrifice the most. And the reason why I believe that Stefan Diggs is the one that is going to sacrifice the most is that last season, they really didn't have a credible second option behind him. It mm-hmm. was Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knotts, he came on late on in the season. They, they don't really have much in terms of pass catching from their backfield. So Diggs literally got pretty much everything thrown to him. And then he, the fantastic wide receiver yeah. that he is, caught pretty much everything that was thrown in his direction. He is one that definitely benefited from having a new surroundings, getting out of Minnesota, having to share the targets with Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. So likewise, know that they have a quality number two in Emmanuel Sanders. I believe that his target share is going to fall and his points share also is going to fall. No, I do not believe that it is going to fall to the point where Emmanuel Sanders suddenly becomes a top 10 fantasy receiver. But I do believe that Diggs is going to take a little bit of a hit where that is concerned. No. Um, a little bit. So you mean like, because he was at, okay, so he had two, two, 201 points. So you mean, as, so dropping out of the top five is what you mean? Yes, I believe he drops oh, out of the top five. I believe that rather than being, according to this metric, he was averaging 12.6 points per game. I believe that he's going to be closer to 10, which is okay. still good. It's still very good. 10 puts him... Just outside outside yeah. the top 10. <laughs> yeah, just outside the top yeah. 10. But I don't anticipate that he is going to be top five material this season. However... If you have an opportunity to draft Stefan Diggs, that's not saying don't draft him. <laughs> by all means, by all means, because you know his quarterback just got paid, and there's nothing better than being a quarterback with a fresh deal favorite target. So mm. that that is something that you can definitely consider. Now, 
we we talked about who we think could fall and well i haven't said who i believe could could rise now when i'm looking at this list the the first name that jumps out to me that could benefit at least in the short term is terry mclaurin terry mclaurin of the washington football team because mm -hmm. he has one of the most fantasy friendly quarterbacks in all of history. Mm -hmm. That is one rare Fitzpatrick. And Terry, 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 sorry, McLaurin is a stud at wide receiver. So he was averaging 9.1 points per game last season in 15 games. So that number could rise to like 11 or 12 in the first few weeks of the season. Now, as we made mention of in our previous episode on the Green Beach podcast, we don't anticipate that that level of production from Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to last all year long. But at least at the beginning, Terry McLaurin is a great option to look at. So AJ, now that we've covered that portion of it, now the king, of the receivers, as I made mention, that was Devante Adams. Do you see Devante repeating as the number one receiver? The only thing to me that stops that is his potential situation with the Packers. And by that, I mean, because I think he is one of the individuals who's kind of like in that little, in limbo with regards to the COVID situation, right? So we don't necessarily know what's going to happen with him. If Devontae Adams is on the field for all 16 games, bet your bottom dollar he's the number one receiver in fantasy again. You know that's my guy. I'm, I'm going to vote for him. Uh, outside of fantasy, that is my favorite receiver in the league in fantasy. If he, if he ever falls to me in that position where I'm ready to draft a number one uh, a receiver, he is always my number one pick. And it, he should be yours too. Devontae Adams is going to be um, number one. Like, there's no one else that Aaron Rodgers trusts more on that team. Even if they may be running the football a bit more this year, um, I, I don't know how solid that defense is. They're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw the ball. I, I, and you know Aaron Rodgers likes to, likes to air it out. I mean, it's not like Devontae is a deep uh, a downfield threat, but at the same time, that's his favorite receiver. Even with Randall caught back, it's Devontae. So uh, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, Devontae Adams is your guy. He's number one. He's going to repeat. Yep. But the thing is, I can't even really argue with that because <laughs> Devontae Adams, similar to what I said for Terry McLaurin, having a fantasy-friendly quarterback, he also does have the same. And when you factor in that he does have some of the best hands in the NFL, he probably has the best release off the line in the NFL. It is difficult to Ooh. see anyone being able to unseat him. No, like I said, when we went around the list, Tyree Hill is number two. Tyree Hill has to deal with the target share because the Chiefs tend to spread the ball around. And Travis Kelsey is their number one tight end, the number one tight end in fantasy last year as well. So when you when you take all of that into consideration, it is going to be difficult for Tyreek Hill to be able to unseat Devante as the number one wide receiver. Now, they got a couple of other wide receivers that I wanted us to, to take a look at. 
this season and and project what you think happens for them. Now, Keenan Allen, he was the number 18th, or yeah, he was the number 18th ranked receiver in fantasy last year. And that was on an average of 10.4 points per game in 14 games. Now, AJ, what do you believe happens with Keenan Allen for 2021. Ah, this, this offense. I don't know what to make of this Chargers offense, though. But it, it, it's clear that he's a favorite target of Justin Herbert. Um, Justin Herbert doesn't have any injury concerns at this point, so you can expect him to play what will be all set. Well, yeah, 17, but who mm-hmm. knows? Depending on how the season goes, he might rest the game. Who knows? Who knows? He'll, but he'll play the majority of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Barring maybe one game. He'll play the majority of the season. So Keenan Allen could get some good work this year. Um, the, the, my issue comes with um, Allen in the end zone. I don't feel like he gets enough end zone production. He'll, get, he'll rack up the yards in the game, but when it comes to the end zone, he's usually, I feel like he's taken out of the game at that point. Um, doesn't get... I can't, I need to see, uh, he had, so he had 145.1 points, averaging 10.4 for a game. I would love to see how many, because I can't remember, how many touchdowns he had last year. Could you, do you have that number in front of you? I am getting it as we speak. I am getting yeah, it for that, you. He had eight I, touchdowns there last we go. season. There we go. This, this is eight, and he played 14 games. Mm-hmm. Um, his 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 end his end zone production doesn't doesn't bode well for me. Um, Keenan Allen is not a very high wide receiver pick on my draft board. If I already have one, you know what? If I already have two and I need someone on the bench to to fill in, then I'll probably look at Keenan Allen. I'm not trying to downplay the guy, but I'm just saying that the end zone production, like I I don't expect him to be better this year either. Because it's not like the Chargers have added other weapons that could take some of the the um, the attention. There we go. I don't know why that word wasn't coming to me. Some of the attention off of him. They still have like is is Tyrell Williams that's still at them, right? I think Mike no, Williams Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike, Mike is Williams. the one that's still there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Mike Williams in it. He in it. He's somebody that's going to stay on your waiver wire, or should stay on your waiver wire. So it is. It is really. Keenan Allen, if I can remember correctly, in this um, as a wideout, I don't see him being too much better. He may be just around the same, maybe not slightly worse, or slightly better, plus or minus a few points, but he doesn't crack a top 10 for me. So here is my here's my thing where Keenan Allen is concerned, right? I have a beef with Keenan Allen. <laughs> Keenan Allen. Last season cost me a fantasy game and probably cost me the fantasy league title that game in, in that one game. I had the top scoring team in the league every week <laughs> until the week that the Chargers are playing against the Raiders. 
Keenan Allen had a dodgy hamstring coming into this game. And that is one of the issues that he has had. And Keenan Mm -hmm. Allen is going to shout into the camera, don't bench me, don't bench me. Now, as you said, Keenan Allen is the favorite target for uh, Josh Herbert. And Justin. Justin Herbert, sorry. And we know too, last season, they didn't really have much around him either. So mm-hmm. coverages were going to try to take him away and he was still getting the ball. He can be a very productive receiver. When you see this four, these 14 games for Keenan Allen, know that is really 13 games with three plays, two targets, and one reception. Keenan Allen sunk my fantasy team last season. So I'm weary. I am weary though, looking at him and thinking, should I do it again? You fool me once, shame on you. You fool me twice, shame on me. So maybe Keenan Allen is somebody that I look at if he's around in one of the middle rounds. He is definitely not somebody I am targeting early because he burned me too badly last season. Now, somebody, though, that surprised last season was Chase Claypool, and that came a bit at the expense of one Juju Smith-Schuster, both with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool, he was the 14th ranked wide receiver in fantasy. Juju was 22nd. So, AJ, what do you see happening to these two Steeler boys? I don't trust either of them, either. I don't trust either of these guys. I think Chase Claypool had like a 15 minutes of fame. Um, It seems like Ben is going to be the starter again this season. Ben is going to be the guy on the center. And to be honest, it, it's it seemed coming out coming towards the business end of the season that his favorite receiver was actually Deontay Johnson. Deontay is who was getting a bit more a bit more of that work from uh, a bit more of um, yeah of them um, yards from Ben, and um, I think that could kind of transition into this year. I I, I I'm not going to touch Juju with a ten foot pole. Chase Claypool, I, I would have more faith in. But at the same time, I have, I have more faith in Deontay Johnson than I do Juju. Even if he might be there on boats with Chase Claypool. Uh, I don't expect Chase to be better though. That, that's uh, leading up to saying that. I think Deontay Johnson is a viable option as well. I don't expect Chase to be better. I don't expect him to top the 152.9 points he had um, and a 9.6 average per game. I don't. I think at best he'll be there boats. But not not more than that. If anything, maybe maybe worse. Maybe worse off. Interesting. Now, I actually believe that if there's a wide receiver to take from the Pittsburgh Steelers, it would be Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool was the deep threat for a lot of last season. And he did get a lot of targets. He had 109 targets. He pulled in 62 of them. But 109 targets shows a great you know, target share. Mm-hmm. Now, Turnovers with him was a little bit of an issue because he fumbled the ball three times. He only lost one of them, but he still put the ball in the grass three times. So that is something that you have to be a bit concerned about. My thing of where Deontay Johnson is concerned is that he drops too many. 
Balls mm. hit him in his hand and he drops them. No, where the like I said, Claypool was a deep threat and he, you know, he was the one that basically came out of nowhere for a lot of the season. But this season, we don't know how good Ben is going to be. And you know, Ben, he had that surgically repaired elbow. We don't know if he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field that well either. And they've had some losses on the offensive line. Your wide receiver is only as good as your quarterback. And if Ben ain't that great, then that may be a, a bit of a cause for concern when we are looking at these two wide receivers. Now, I haven't said anything about Juju. And that's because it's a little difficult to predict what's going to happen with Juju. Juju's career has been very up and down. He had 128 targets last season. But of that, he had 97 catches. And of the 97 catches, it was 831 yards. He didn't set the world alight. He had an 8.6 yards per catch, which meant that majority of his catches were close to the line of scrimmage. So how then do we predict what happens with Juju? Juju would have to be a very late round pick for me. Um, or if you recognize that basically all of the receivers have flown off the board, then if you need to get somebody just to give you a few points to keep you afloat, maybe Juju's your guy, but to expect Juju to give you that explosive 100-yard two-touchdown game, that's probably not coming. All right. So, actually, if I may, I didn't want him that we didn't, we didn't um, mention off-camera, but as we were, as I was just looking at this list, right, mm-hmm. I want to mention this name as a sleeper. First of all, to anyone, any, to, to the viewers, if you get the chance, if DeAndre Hopkins falls you, first of all, take him, right? Yeah, definitely. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to get too much into that. If, if you have the chance to get DeAndre Hopkins, take him. He's still a very high enough pick. Um, high, yeah, he's like, he would be a, a wide receiver one if you, get the, if you do get a chance. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the sleeper that I mentioned, I actually have Allen Robinson to crack the top 10 this year. Allen Robinson had the Bears. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson last year had 160.9 points averaging 10.1 per game. This was with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. And Nick Foles, because, you know... Right, correct, correct. Mm -hmm. And and Nick Foles. His numbers in total for 2020 in the 16 games, um, and and he played 16? Yes, he did. Played all 16 games. So it doesn't have injury issues. He had 125, sorry, 51 targets with 102 receptions for 1,250 yards. This is with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton is necessarily better, but Andy Dalton could still throw a decent ball. And when mm-hmm. Justin, um, Justin Fields gets onto the field, he can throw a good ball as well. Allen Robinson is going to have a better year in fantasy because the Bears don't particularly have a very notable running game. Outside of um, David Montgomery, I think they brought in um, Damian Williams that was at Kansas City. Neither of those inspire too much confidence when it comes to their game. I mean, yes, I, I think they will try to run at times because Montgomery has been, I guess, kind of reliable. But the fact of the matter is Allen Robinson was thriving in his offense last year. I think he has better options at quarterback this year. He's a very, very solid quarterback. And I expect him to be a sleeper. So if, if you need, if it, 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 most likely he'll be in a, uh, a two-wide receiver league or whatnot. 
yeah, give Allen Robinson a look when you need a, a like a second or wide receiver too. No, it's interesting that you made mention of David Montgomery because, of course, I think we we've wrapped up the wide receivers mm-hmm. for this week. Yeah. We can yeah. move over to the to the running backs. You know, these are guys that usually bring in a lot of points outside of your quarterbacks. Your running backs are the ones that are going to really carry your fantasy team. Now, you may mention Montgomery. It will surprise you to know that Montgomery was the sixth rated running back in fantasy last season. He was just outside of Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, and Aaron Jones. David Montgomery averaged 14.1 points per game in 15 games. So he is actually pretty effective. He's somebody yeah. that you could consider um, if you're looking for a running back and you can't get any of those in the top five. No, AJ, when you look, no, when you look at the top five, do you see any of these guys falling out of the top five? I'm looking specifically at <laughs> I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor, but you know what, Ken? I won't lie to you. I'm kind of skeptical on your guy this year, you know? Interesting. I'm kind of skeptical on, yeah, because the fact that y'all don't have Drewbies anymore, I feel like, I feel like that, like, opposing defenses are going to start the box to stop, to stop Alvin Kamara, and he's going to be a little less productive. Um, Alvin Kamara is still Alvin Kamara. He's going to ball out. He's going to give you points, but I don't think that he's going to be the number two receiver, um, number two running back, sorry, at the end of next season. Um, if he falls out of the top five, I'm not sure because I'm not seeing many other names that inspire confidence, but I don't think he's number two. I, I think Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, probably one and two. Uh, again, Jonathan Taylor, I, I have questions. I, I feel like it's inevitable that Marlon Mack gets injured, so it'll still be Jonathan Taylor's... Um, It'll still be Jonathan Taylor taking the majority of the snaps mostly. But I don't know. Um, I, I just don't trust Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, sorry, in, in general. I, yeah, let me let you go ahead. Because <laughs> I, I, I just seen a bunch of names out there. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I don't think your guy will end up at number two. So I know that we can both agree. So we don't have to come back to it. Derek Henry once healthy, is going to be the number one running back again in fantasy Mm -hmm. this year. So we don't need to come back to that. Mm -hmm. I still believe, I still have all faith in Alvin Kamara being the number two running back in fantasy. Mm -hmm. And the main reason for that is that as much as guys may try to load the box to try to limit him as a runner, he is still a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. And where we would have had Drew Brees, who was not able to push the ball down the field last season, this season, we have Jameis Winston, who is able to push the ball down the field. And... Kamara doesn't get down the field, so is that helping him? Hmm? But I said, but Kamara doesn't get that far down the field, so is that helping him? It does help him, because... Knowing that you have a quarterback yeah. that can throw the ball okay. 35 yards down the field, the safety who was going to probably be playing 15 to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage, and therefore he's looking to make sure everything stays in front of him, he has to step back because 
we have seen some flashes from some of these other Saints receivers getting down the field this preseason, especially. So that means then that Kamara is going to have more room to work with. You're not going to be able to load the boss because you're going to be afraid that the ball is going to go over your head. So therefore, he's going to have more space. He's going to have more room. And I am extremely high on my guy. I, I never get the first pick in the draft. But if I had the first pick in the draft, Alvin Kamara is my first pick in the draft. Now, when I look at who may fall out, as you just made mention of Jonathan Taylor and the situation with Indianapolis, as you said, Marlon Matt, he is usually injured at some point during the season. So he probably falls out of contention, but the uncertainty with their quarterback situation means that chances are where you thought that the teams would load the box for Kamara, they're actually going to load the box for Taylor. Taylor. So they don't have much in terms of quarterback play behind Carson <clears throat> Wentz. So his catching numbers may be down. When he's looking at an eight-man box, it's going to be difficult for him to find spaces in the running game. They do have a good offensive line, but when the offensive line is looking at double A gap blitzes constantly is a little difficult then to say exactly where the running lanes are going to come. So I do believe that he is going to fall. Another name that I also anticipate is going to fall, and but this is outside of the top 10, is James Robinson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, he was definitely going to have his points cut when they drafted, when they drafted Travis Etienne. Hmm. Travis Etienne, no, though, he is out for the season with a foot injury. However, again, when we're looking at the quarterback play, we have an unknown in Trevor Lawrence who is expected to be good, but we can't guarantee he's going to be good. And teams now have tape on this dude because he was an undrafted free agent that came in and took the league by storm. Robinson may still be a good guy to look at if you're looking for a player, but I don't see him being top 10 material next season. It's funny. I, I I would I actually feel now that because of I understand what you're saying, but I actually feel now that because of um the injury to Travis Etienne, that it could actually improve Jim G, improve James Robinson's numbers a bit more, especially because to um if I remember correctly, the Jags uh, at a few points last year, around that like jet sweep play with Lavisca Le- Chenault, right? Mm-hmm. And he's another, um, he's another one to look out for in that offense. Uh, he, he won't be a high pick. He's he in a wide receiver one or two, more like a flex option. But I, I think it it is James Robinson, the one that I would say is going to drop out of the top ten. And we mentioned his name in the Green Bay's podcast episode is Josh Jacobs. The fact that they're running Kenyon Drake. Um, to play uh, uh, most likely alongside him as a 1A. Uh, and I honestly think that offensively, Derek Carr is going to lean on Darren Waller a lot more. I, I, I don't see Josh Jacobs having this, uh, like replicating his 3.2 average uh, uh, points per game per season. Um, points per game, sorry, um, this season. He, he falls out to me. Um, and we also have to remember... <laughs> You haven't mentioned like the, the 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 top two 
running backs that were out last year that will be back this year. One of them is going to make this top 10. And it, it ain't the one of the Giants. The one of the Panthers <laughs> is going to be back in the top 10. And I think Josh, Josh Jacobs falls out of this. Um, yeah, of the current top 10, Josh Jacobs is out to me. Yeah, well, for sure, um, run CMC, Christian McCaffrey, is going to be a top 10 um, player in fantasy. Provided he can stay fit, because mm-hmm. that was his that was his concern last season. Um, no, somebody else who is very dependent on health for his production. I mean, everyone is, but Dalvin Cook. Mm. Dalvin Cook always makes me nervous because his hamstrings seem to be um, made of dry spaghetti. <laughs> There. I mean, he did play 14 games. I, I, I understand what you mean. It's, it feels like he's always injured, for real, but he did play 14 games last year, though. Yeah, but the thing about him is that having his backup as a handcuff is probably something that you'll want to do, especially if you don't have a lot of others. No, on a per-game basis, he was the number one rusher. He had 21 yeah. points per game, where Derrick Henry was 19.6, and even Alvin Kamara was higher than Derrick Henry with 19.7 in 15 yeah. games. But, no, I <clears throat> I am always very weary of taking Dalvin Cook, especially because, you know, when we're talking running backs, running backs tend to be first picks on most squads. Most people don't normally go for a quarterback unless they're running up the lane to get a Patrick Mahomes. So I'm a little I'm a little nervous when it comes mm. to to Dalvin Cook. Then there's some lots of other runners that are on this list that you know there are new in new situations like Kenyon Drake, as you may mention of he is now over in Las Vegas. His numbers are going to fall, so he's definitely not going to be the number twelve running back. And he's another one that tends to get hurt every once in a while. Then we know J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, he's done for the year with a torn ACL. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift, he is currently hobbled. We don't quite know what's going to happen with him. Surprisingly, and I this mm-hmm. uh, this baffles me. I'm not even looking at Naeem Hines just yet. No, I, I just kept forgetting because I always mentioned Marlon mm-hmm. Mack as, mm-hmm. as an alternate name to Jonathan Taylor, but keep forgetting Naeem Hines. Sorry. Yeah, but Naeem Hines benefits from the fact that um, Marlon Mack gets hurt. Mack goes yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But he benefited a lot last year, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. But <laughs> David Johnson was the 19th. He was the 19th ranked running back in fantasy. He played 12 games. So we know health is always an issue with him, but he was the 19th ranked running back in fantasy. That is very, very interesting. And right there, he shall stay. (laughs) I think he doesn't even get back to 19, honestly, personally. Like I said, I was shocked. I'm shocked. Literally, I am flabbergasted that he was the 19th ranked running back in fantasy because when you saw him playing, it didn't look like he was very effective, but somehow he was putting up 12.2 points per game. That is very interesting. That had a lot to do with Saquon and and run CMC being out there. Okay, well, yes, that is fair. No, <laughs> James Conner, the Pittsburgh Steelers former running back, he is now the backup over in um, Arizona. Arizona, yeah. And he is supposed to be, I'm trying to remember, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. is supposed to be the new starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. 
Chase Edmonds was the 30th ranked running back in fantasy, averaging 7.2 points per game. Now, unless you are in a 15-team league, Chase Edmonds probably belongs on the bench or in the, or in the free agency pool because Chase Edmonds looks great when he was coming in, spelling for Kenyon Drake, when Kenyon Drake, especially if Kenyon Drake took a knock in the game momentum, Chase yeah. Edmonds came in and looked fantastic. If you made the mistake and told Chase Edmonds that he was starting the game, he looked beyond the ordinary. So Chase Edmonds yeah. is a really difficult one to, was, to trust. He was, he was inconsistent as a handcuff last year. I remember I I remember I did I did rush and pick him up because I had I think I had Ken and Drake one in one of the leagues, yeah. So I tried to pick him up um as a handcuff and it didn't work out too it didn't work out particularly well, you know. Mm-mm. And I'm, I'm I agree with you there. I'm not too enthused or excited at the prospect of him being um the starting court um running back in Arizona right now. So uh, he'll he'll at best be a late draft pick for me. If if you know if need be depending on what position I'm drafting in, but I'm not going to look at Chase Edmonds very early. No, I think the Arizona um, inter running back stable is probably yeah. one to avoid for now. Yep. At least give it a couple of weeks and then we'll see what happens as they develop. Now, AJ, are there any other names on this list that you want to highlight before we get out of here this week? Um. Well. I, I, as you said on the other podcast, is Melvin Gordon. I he was actually he actually averaged eleven point one points last season, um, hundred and sixty six point four in total. Played fifteen games. I don't know, Ken. I just don't trust it. On the flip side, I think that someone you can possibly look out for this year is Mike Davis, who's now in Atlanta. He he is yeah. Uh, I think you made mention in. Could have been the Green Bay. Was it Green Bay or, or, or a podcast here previously? No, I think it was here. When you mentioned that Matt Ryan's arm isn't the same and that you don't expect him to be that good. So mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you there. Um, he, Matt Ryan does have weapons, but I think they will lean a bit more into that running game. And Mike Davis did have a good year in Carolina last year when um, run CMC, when Christian McCaffrey went down. So... Um, the fact that he's now in Atlanta, he will lead that back line and he is someone you can look for. He would be kind of like a sleeper for me. He's more like a, I, I guess a running back too. Yeah, definitely not a one, maybe a running back too, but if, if, if you do have, if you do have like a solid one, you can look at Mike Davis as a RBT, as an RBT. Yeah, he would be a, a solid pickup, of course, because he's not in Atlanta. I'm not looking at him. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, as they've always it's said. It's sorry I just put that in. <laughs> I should have expected that, right? But yeah, I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't look at running backs. It's, and outside of Christian McCaffrey, there are almost <laughs> no players that are in my division that I will ever oh, have. So that is, that, that is just, that is just a king. But, um, where Melvin Garden, as you mentioned, is concerned, I believe that he would be a good pickup for a for an RB two. Um, he could be even a borderline RB one, depending on health, because last year the running back 
was being done by committee in Denver. They, yeah. Yeah. they still had Philip Lindsay. He's no longer there. They had um, Royce Freeman, who is still there, but he has never really fought to win that heavily in the run game, and that is because of merit, not because of favoritism. So I believe that Melvin Gordon is going to get more touches. He's going to have more opportunities this season, so he could be a bargaining RB1, definitely in the conversation for RB2. And then somebody that I'm a little concerned about is Chris Carson with the Seattle Seahawks. Same thing. Just because he too, he's another one of these running backs that can't stay fit. He did average 12.6 points per game, but he only played 12 games. And, you know, Seattle, they've been doing lots of shuffling right now with their backfield. So he is one that I oh. will be a little concerned about. I'm sorry, before we end, um, mm-hmm. I do need to bring up another name that we have not mentioned. Clyde edwards Elaire is going to be better this year. Uh, as if it, I mean the injury, if I if I recall correctly, the injury he has currently is not anything um, in the lower part of the body. Is not like on his legs or anything. I, I think it's something to do with his hand, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as he's fit, last year he averaged ten point eight points, a total of one hundred forty. Played thirteen games. You know, you know Kansas City's position. Um, he had a hell of a workload uh, in that rookie season because a lot of the time, obviously, they were playing. In um, with a lead, and you know, in 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 terms of like trying to to take some time off the clock, he was getting a lot of work. I think last year he had to share it a bit more with Damian Williams. Damian Williams is no longer there. I I'm not I can't remember who they brought in as their backup to him, but essentially uh, that whoever that person is is inconsequential. This is going to be um Edwards Hilaire to lead that backfield, and he's going to average better than ten point eight points. Um, he definitely will crack the top 20, possibly even top 15. I can see him being at least 12, at least, at least 12 points. Yeah. Averaging at least 12 this year. At least. Okay. So just to correct something, um, Edward Hilaire, he is dealing with an ankle injury. His ankle. Okay. Yes. At some, for some reason, I thought it was upper part. Okay. Yeah, he has an ankle injury. Okay. Um, the same the backups behind him are Derek Gore and Darwin Thompson. Um, they also have um, Jarek McKinnon and Daryl Williams. They usually mm-hmm. have quite a large stable of backs, but they only use mm-hmm. a few of them per game. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. We shall see what happens with one Clyde Edwards in there. All right, mm-hmm. folks. So that brings us to the end of our walkthrough of all of these different positions for fantasy. As I said, our fantasy league, we're missing one person. We're drafting on Saturday, and then we are looking at who you should start and who you should sit going into the games in week one. Mm-hmm. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And we will see you next time.